0: Hello, friends. Welcome to Moneyball Minute. My name is Kirk Henderson. I'm editor-in-chief of MavsMoneyball.com. You're joining me on Saturday morning, May 28th. Oh, well, we've all had a day to process the fact that the Mavericks are no longer playing basketball, and here we are. And I know I just talked with Josh uh, the night before last about kind of taking it easy and maybe... uh, curling back for a while but the the simple fact is there's a lot going on in Mav's land and almost too much to do in one day so I may do one today and then circle back on some things a little later in the weekend for Memorial Day just so you can maybe have something to listen to um, I'm gonna point you to a number of pieces of content that I just really happen to like uh, the first is you know Josh Bow wrote sort of what I You know, it's a great season-ending column. It's The Mavs made a great leap, and now it's time to take another. And, you know, Josh does what he does, which is break down game tape and then look at bigger picture and look at what the Mavericks are doing, uh, you know, within the the context of both the game and how it applies to how they want to play broadly. Um, It's just smart stuff. You know, Josh is – Josh is just so good at this Um, I really, he he focuses on uh, to a degree how the Mavericks need to probably find a couple more guys who are willing drivers, Uh, cause you know we we saw what happened with the offense and how difficult they were to guard with um, Doncic, Brunson and Dinwiddie all being being willing drivers but you know um, Dorian Finney-Smith really sort of stopped doing it in the postseason, particularly against um, Golden State, and that was just as it's a thing that he's gotten quite good at, so it's you know, the, the willingness to put the ball on the floor. You know, it, the, the Warriors were really, really good at it. And, you know, that's going to be something that helps the Mavericks take another step. Um, then the next piece uh, was from um, Ben Zadell, who wrote, uh, it's called the Western Conference Finals loss is a fitting end for this version of the Dallas Mavericks. And, you know, he, he it's, it's, a, it's a positive piece talking about how, you know, as much as the Mavericks say they believed, like getting to the... Western Conference Finals, particularly after trading for Chris Stapps for Zingas, is crazy and awesome, and the fact that they got here is really fun, um, and, you know, just just kind of looking back on this season and what was so fun about it, because, you know, the vibes are really good right now, they were great during the exit interviews, but things like that don't necessarily carry over season to season, so it's a, it's a look back uh, before, you know, looking forward. Then, you know, there was a lot of news <laughs> in a short period of time. Probably more news than I really had, had time to cover. Um, after the game last night, um, Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban was talking to Mark Stein and, you know, essentially just came out and, and just came out and said it. We can pay him more than anybody, meaning uh, Jalen Brunson, and I think he wants to stay, and that's most important. Um, it's, it's just this like Cuban sort of like setting the terms of the contract negotiation um was really interesting uh, because he's very complimentary of Brunson. He went on to say, I think JB blossomed as much as anybody on this squad. And, you know, it, it was just something to see because I think for as much as we all really like Jalen Brunson, there are a lot of people who are curious if Brunson can be the second best player on a potential title team. Just putting that out there. Um, it was, I, I, for one was just glad to see it, whether, you know, Cuban means it or not is kind of a different deal as you'll see from one, the next piece of news that I have. But it was, it was nice to sort of start the day with this really public affirmation of belief in Jalen Brunson. But then, uh, later in the afternoon, Mark Stein released his weekly substack newsletter and it was a lengthy piece kind of on building around Doncic and how, You know, like how it's both difficult, but also a really amazing opportunity for the front office. And uh, Stein gets into the fact that the Mavericks are very interested in Zach Levine, um, and they're not as interested in Rudy Gobert as they were uh, reported to have been earlier in the postseason. Now, a lot can change between now and then, and Stein, you know, makes a point to mention that the Mavericks do not really have a means of getting Levine, but... As we have seen from NBA transactions over the last 10 years, sometimes that doesn't matter depending on what a player wants. Now, I'm of the mind that Levine is going to get offered a max contract from Chicago, like more, you know, the same sort of thing that the Mavericks can offer Brunson, uh, the extra year in the security. And I don't see Levine walking away from that. But it's still very interesting. Um, Luke and Levine at one point uh, shared an agent. Uh, I don't think Levine is with Bill Duffy anymore, but. You know we've seen them play against one another for for years, and it's it's a it's a fun. They always have a fun time um, matching up. And Levine's really done some crazy things against the Mavericks the last several years. Um, the last piece of news that I'm going to uh, note is at the end of last night's press availability, uh, Luka Doncic was apparently asked in Slovenian and answered in Slovenian whether uh, he was going to play in Eurobasket. And this was I didn't see this until this morning. But the, the translation of his answer is, no doubt, I will play for the Slovenian national team. Now, Eurobasket is September 1st to September 18th. And that's just something to note, because right now it's obviously May 27th. That's a full, you know, you have June, July, August. It's a full three months away. But then there's also the World Championship. Qualifiers, which take place late June, early July. Now, Luca is not committed to that yet, that I'm aware of, but it seems like something that he will likely do. Um, at his age and where he is, he's a very proud country, uh, you know, of his country, and he ought to be. And so, Luca playing in these games shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone. I was chatting with some Maz fans today who are already kind of just sort of concerned about the volume of basketball that Luca's played over the last three years, to which I say, you know, what are you going to do? He's a young man. He's unbelievable at his craft. You, you really shouldn't be able to tell him no. I think it's way too early to project any concerns about what it means for his conditioning or his training. Because, frankly, he has three full months off um, until Eurobasket. There's there's a lot of time for for this sort of thing to, to for him to train, for him to rest his body, heal up. Like he's obviously very banged up at the end of the season. You know, I, I think we should all enter this offseason feeling very bullish. Uh, at least particularly about Luka Doncic. Now, the interesting part about this uh, article that I read, it was from Sport Club Slovenia, uh, was really focused on whether Goran Dragic was going to play. I don't think he's played for the national team the past couple of cycles. I mean, he's 36 years old. He's looking a little long in the tooth, but he's obviously one of the most passionate Slovenian basketball players to have ever, you know, laced up shoes. So it's it's fun to, to you know, Kind of project forward because I think a lot of us Mavs fans are hoping Goran Dragic somehow ends up with the Mavericks just because he and Luka seem to have a very special connection, and there are times when Luca could use somebody to fire him up or calm him down. So all these things I'm going to link in the show notes as always. I recommend going and taking a look at all of them. You can just click directly from your podcast app. Uh, and then the last thing I'm going to point you to is um, Bobby Marks. Uh, published his you know NBA off season guide twenty twenty two how the Mavericks should approach the off season. This is an ESPN plus piece. It's really long. It's also just really good. Um, it breaks down what the numbers are for the Mavericks. So right now with all their cap holds and and things like that, the Mavericks are currently sitting at um, one hundred and fifty five million of total salary. Now that is before. That is before Jalen Brunson gets signed. He has a $1.8 million cap hold, so really you take a look at it, it's like $153 million in terms of salary, plus whatever they opt to try to pay Jalen Brunson. The Mavericks have never paid a luxury tax bill before. Never. They broke up the title team, and they've avoided it every year because Cuban didn't want to pay it and also didn't believe in the team's. What the Mavericks have in front of them right now, we're going to be trying to map this out. CBA Mavs, Scott, as some of you know him, will be publishing some pieces on this in the coming weeks. This is going to get complicated. Now, if a player wants something to happen and the player is good enough, usually NBA teams figure it out. But the Mavericks have a lot of salary that is really kind of iffy. Um, you know Hardaway Junior's contract. You know he hasn't played in a long time. It's making nineteen point six million dollars next year. Spencer Dinwiddie's cap charge is nineteen point six million. Davis Bertans is sixteen million. Dwight Powell's is eleven. Reggie Bullock is ten. Though Bullock is a a bargain relative to what. But then you know they they have Josh Green to pay. They have another year of Trey Burke somehow. Um, Maxi Kleba's ca- contract is currently non guaranteed at nine million, but. I mean, I don't think they're not going to find a suitable replacement for less than nine million on the market for what um, Maxi brings to the team. So basically, I, I throw this out there to note that the Mavericks have a tough road ahead of them, salary cap wise. They have a new salary cap guy; their previous one moved on, um, and this is going to get dicey and complicated. At the moment, I'm sort of recommending to everyone that I talk to about this: don't worry about it. <laughs> Number one, we can't do anything about it. Number two, if you are not comfortable with math and you start getting into the math, it's going to drive you crazy. The Mavericks have some narrow option sets which they can figure out. But right now, they have roughly six weeks to get all all of what they need to hammered out between the draft on the 23rd and the start of free agency on July 6th. I think we should all feel very bullish. Uh, maybe tomorrow or Monday, I will go over some of the things that we're in um the exit interviews, Nico's was really confident, uh, and really the Mavs just gave off vibes of a team that are feeling great about where they are. So if the Mavs feel great about where they are, I think you should too. All right, guys, I want you to enjoy the rest of your Saturday. Please quick click on all of our links. Go listen to some of our shows if you've missed them. We've been doing a lot of work. I really appreciate your support. Everybody have a great Saturday.